Oh, thank you, Lord. Well, for those of you who haven't been here before, well, I think y'all have. Welcome to Kingdom Life Ministries. I thank God um, for his presence and for the season we're in. We consider the first, like the Lord gave this revelation that if you break the year down in segments, so to say, quarters, yeah, segments, quarters. First, you know, because in Christ is death, burial, rest, well, death, burial, and resurrection. But you do have a rest period before the resurrection. The first three quarters is, I mean, the first quarter, which is the first three months, that's considered the death season. That's when you just start seeing a whole bunch of stuff come to light that you normally don't want to come to light, you know. Stuff you got to peel off, people you got to move away from, things you got to let go, mindsets you got to change, you know. Um, and the burial season is when you've identified those things, you put them away, and it's no longer, you no longer even see the old man. You're trying to keep that old man buried so he don't resurface no more at all. Then you go through a rest season, which is the next three months, where you're getting healed, you're getting stitched up, and a tempter coming to try and pull you back in your old character that you died to. And then you get a resurrection where the new character of Christ comes forth with a renewed mind, and you're no longer like the old man, you're now thinking like the new man. So um, in this death season, one of the things that's been really sticking with me is, like in school, you learn about the nouns. What's that, Jarrell? The nouns, people, places, and things. Well, there's reasons why God has you strip off people, why he has you strip off places, why he has you strip off things. Because all of them can hinder you from going to that next move. Because the next move, it's an elevation, but the only way to get that elevation is through humility. So it's a step up, but you may feel like it's a step down in how you feel because you're going to be humble. You know, God is going to require you to break pride. Well, he's going to break pride in you. And that's what I'm going to be talking about. And um, the Lord had me in Obadiah. And uh, uh, Kimrick, if you would put Obadiah uh, 1 verse 3 up. And we learn in this ministry about the soul. This right here, the functions of the soul. You got your intellect, will, emotions, affections. Well, when we get saved, you know, we get regenerated. But our head is still like the old man. Because it's not renewed yet. That's something you have to learn in working out your salvation. I got to learn how to work what's in my spirit into my head. So my spirit is not the only one with Christ's power, but my soul or my mind is thinking like Christ. You know, but we also learn about these little spots, which are spots of deception. That's the old ways of thinking, the old patterns of thinking that get trapped in this soul. And we wonder why after we're saved, why is my mind still like this? Or why do I still battle these things? Why am I still struggling in this area? Why am I not prospering? You know, prosperity starts with the soul. It says, I pray that you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. So prosperity and health starts first in your soul. It doesn't start from the outside in. It starts from this thing right here, this old cranium. Now, it takes so long to get right. But um, 
the spots in your soul is the deception. Well, Satan fell because of pride. He had pride. Those spots in your soul, that's the pride that God is trying to get rid of. And that's the things and the thoughts he's trying to change in this season. You know, it says the pride of your heart has deceived you. You who live in the clefts of the rocks and make your home on the heights. And the heights, that's them making their home in our soul. You who say to yourself, who can bring me down to the ground? That's how the enemy talks when he gets when he gets a hold of us. And we don't know our we don't recognize our authority or who we are in Christ. The enemy walks around and he just beats us down all day. And he says, who can bring me down to the ground? Because he know you won't do it because you don't even realize that, man, I got the power to do it. You know, but to take every thought captive, you first have to know, hey, look. If Christ paid this ultimate price for me. Then, you know, why am I letting somebody rule and reign over me? That didn't pay that same price, you know, Satan didn't buy you. Christ did. You know, so you first have to recognize, hey, look, I got the power and authority to cast down, take this thought captive that's in running rampant in my soul and cast it down. You know, but the enemy, he he always it says he prowls around like a roaring lion. Well, he makes himself seem to be puffed up big and strong, but he really has nothing. The only power the enemy has is what you give him. He takes he uses our soul. Because our spirit has the full power of Christ. No matter what level you are on a born again chart, your spirit has the full measure of Christ in it. It just has to be grown with inside of us. He uses our soul. And he manipulates it to use our power. To resurrect everything he wants to resurrect in our life. So when you see something resurrecting in your life, that's not of God, then the enemy is using what you have in you. To bring it to life. He's literally prostituting the gift that God gave you, which is eternal life, to power everything he has of the flesh. You know, and that's one of the things you have to identify. Okay, Lord, well, I know these thoughts are not yours. You know, I know the what I'm doing, what I'm thinking. I know, I know this is not of you. Okay. I need you to help me to renew my mind. I need you to help me. And he'll start to change and give you instruction on how to move away from certain people, how to move away out of certain places that you probably thought was okay, but it's not okay. And he'll show you things that you need to get rid of because all three of them will block you from getting to an enlarged place. Um, I want you to, um, no, not yet. I want you to, can everybody see this chart at least a little bit? This is called... Right here, the crown of authority. Everybody comes through this area right here. Where this is your spirit and this is the darkness around it. This doorway of change is where everybody turns around when it gets too tough. If you can imagine yourself, I had a vision of this. If you can imagine yourself in an open field with a whole bunch of people around you. Wearing black shirts. I mean, a huge field. Okay, you got all the space in the world. You don't really know or see their faces until you get to a narrow corridor when you're all squished together. That's how it feels when you're going through the process and God is about to change you. You start walking towards you start walking towards him and it feels like all hell start breaking loose. And it feels like everything is compressing on you. Well, that's right before you get a breakthrough into your enlarged area. 
And that's right where the enemy fights you the hardest to get you to turn around. And that's where most people turn around. They say, you know what? I must be doing something wrong because I can't seem to get the victory right here. Or I must be doing something wrong because these people are treating me like trash. I must, you know, I must be doing something wrong because my finances aren't going anywhere. Well, that's really not. It actually gets worse before it gets better. That tight area is right at the point when God is about to bring deliverance because bondage increases when salvation is near. So you get right to that point, and that's usually where we turn around. So God wants to deal with the thoughts in our head, which is pride, puffed up by Satan. And he'll use, he'll use the things around you, he'll use the things closest to you to process that stuff out of you, to process the enemy around you. Now, when you start identifying people you need to release, not, he's not going to tell you to move away from everybody. And it's usually those closest to you that he uses to process you the most because they know you the most. If you think about the walk that Jesus had, when he was ministering, he, his mother and his brothers came to him one time to try and get him to stop. And they're like, Jesus, your mother and your brother's outside. You know, and he said, who is my mother and who is my brother? He said, the people who do the will of the God, that's my mother and that's my brothers. He wasn't really, he wasn't dissing his mom, but he's saying, look, I'm about my father's business. If you're not about my father's business, then you, you know what I'm saying? I'm not even, I'm not even paying you any mind. I'm not even paying you any attention. Well, the people closest to you sometimes will stand in your way right when you're headed to that doorway of change. And they'll be the ones telling you, you know what? I think you're doing something wrong. Or I think you need to turn around. Or I just, you know what? You might have missed it. You might have missed God on this one. You know? And that's the enemy. I mean, if you think about it, Peter got the revelation that Christ, you know, that Jesus was the Christ. Said, Jesus, you are the Christ. Not too long after that, he was the same one pulling Christ to the side because, you know, it was somebody close to him. Pull him to the side. Hey, come here, man. Hey, man, and Jesus saying, hey, I got to go up here and get crucified. He's like, man, that, that ain't going, you know, no, man, you, that ain't going to happen to you. That can't happen to you. And, what did, and what, did, what, did, what did Jesus have to say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. He wasn't calling Peter Satan, but he was talking to the enemy that was using Peter to speak. So the people closest to you, they can hinder you. You have to be able to discern when somebody's speaking is from God or is from the enemy. Uh, Kimrick, if you put up... Um, Verse, go down to verse seven, put up verse seven. It says, all your allies will force you to the border. Your friends will deceive and overpower you. Those who eat your bread will set a trap for you, but you will not detect it. That's <laughs> when I read that. I said, oh, my goodness. You know, that's the people closest to you, the people you call your friends, the people you your spouse, anybody. The Lord will use whatever he can to process you. And when you're getting to that tight place, sometimes it seems like the people closest to you are trying to hurt you the most. You know, in that situation, you don't, you don't attack them. You don't get, you know what I'm saying? It could be frustrating. Yeah, it could. You don't attack them. You don't try and cut them off. You know, you really have to walk in love and know that, hey, God must really be promoting me if I'm getting attacked this hard. And I'm not really doing nothing, you know, to this person. If somebody's attacking you that hard, then guess what? God is promoting you. You just have to look and say, okay, Lord, if this, okay, what are you trying to process in me? Because anytime you come into a conflict with a person, 
it's not about oh what they did to you. It's really God processing something in both people. So if it bothers you, then you need to ask the Lord, okay, well, why is this bothering me? Because there was plenty of people attack Christ. There's plenty of people attack Paul. And he never responded to them the way they wanted him to respond. See, when you get Christ's character by renewing your soul in the word, then you respond and you don't react. When you react, you react and out of flesh. When you respond, it's from the spirit. So don't react. When something happens, listen, be slow to speak, <laughs> quick to listen, and respond out of what the Spirit is telling you to say. Because when you react too fast, or when it happens so fast and you just quick with some people are real quick with their responses. You know, they just, man, the second somebody say something to them, bam, they got something to say right back to them. And it... <laughs> More than likely, if it didn't come back that fast in love, then it was probably from the enemy. And you, you ain't going to do nothing but damage each other back and forth. But God will use those people close to you to, um, to process you. So don't snap. Don't get bitter. Just ask God, okay, if this is happening and it's bothering me, what are you trying to deal with in me? And once he fixes that in you and that situation happens, the love that you push out and not reacting how they want you to react, the love in you will start to deliver what's in that other person because it said love covers a multitude of sin and, and perfect love casts out fear. Fear is what? The enemy. So the love that Christ builds in you by renewing your soul in that area will begin to work on what's in the other person. So you don't ever have to worry about, you know what, I, I'm going to have to deal with this forever. This person just keep attacking me the same way. No, just change your mindset on what on what you feel is coming at you and just realize, hey, this must be the Lord trying to work on something in me. You know, be quick to look at yourself first. Put the mirror to yourself first. Lord, what are you trying to show me? Opposed to just looking at the person, you know what? I think something is really wrong with them. It could be, you know, but that's not for us to point out, you know? But, um, Kenrick, if you would go to um, verse, put up verse 10, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a lot. Just put up verse 10 right now, and I'll start with that one. It says, because of the violence against your brother, Jacob, you will be covered with shame. You will be destroyed forever. Go to the next verse. On the day you stood aloof while strangers carried off his wealth and foreigners entered his gates and cast lots for Jerusalem, you were like one of them. Go to the next verse. All of this is talking about what he did to his brother. This is the same one that his allies were turning against him. This is exactly what he was doing to his brother. You should not gloat over your brother in the day of his misfortune, nor rejoice over the people of Judah in the day of their destruction, nor boast so much in the day of their trouble. Um, next verse. You should not march through the gates of my people in the day of, of their disaster, nor gloat over them in their calamity in the day of their disaster, nor seize their wealth in the day of their disaster. And, and we're going to um, stop at verse 14, because this is where I'm going to go back to the doorway of change. You should not wait at the crossroads to cut down their fugitive, nor hand over their survivors in the day of their trouble. When we when we're going through this process of renewing our soul and getting stuff taken out of us, You'll notice most of the time that 
when you're trying to spend time with the Lord and he's working on you, you never get it right the first time, you know, you, nor the second or the third time. You, we, we're all growing together. Well, sometimes you see something in somebody else that they're dealing with. Somebody can have a bad attitude and you don't like it. You don't want to go nowhere near. Well, it's not up to us to stand in front of them and try and tell them what's wrong with them. That's not how Christ would want you to do it. You know, um, hey, put, change that to the amplified version. Because going through that doorway change, in this season, all of us are dying to something. But if you think about it, all of us are dying to something together. So if you view it like that and not look at it just like, you know what, this, this is never going to work for me. Or, man, that person messed up. It's, it's not ever going to work for them. You know, we stop standing each other away on a doorway of change. I just said that it gets tighter and the bondage increases right before salvation. Well, when that's happening. What's the best way I can put this? Besides the fact that if you're walking down a hallway. Mamie, let me use you to illustrate if she's walking down the hallway, this way, and this is her doorway of change. Hold on, slow down. Speed walker. This is her doorway of change. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Congratulating them, you know, coaching them through because it's getting tighter and tighter, and that's usually where they turn around. That's why you have a cloud of witnesses to coach somebody through. But if every time somebody's walking towards the doorway of change, we're stepping in front of them. You know what? You really hurt me the other day. Or you, you know what? You just, I don't like your attitude sometimes. Or you know what? You remember a couple years ago when, uh, you know what I'm saying? Think about all the time we waste trying to tell somebody what they did to us, opposed to just loving them through it. Because if it's manifesting, that's all. Thank you, babe. If it's manifesting in them, then they must be close to deliverance. You know, instead of interceding and praying for people, we're so busy trying to tell them what's wrong with them or trying to point out to somebody else, man, look how jacked up they are. You know, how about pray for somebody that you see? Because if God showed you, then you must be the one to pray for it. You know, but most of the time we stand in each other way and we stop each other's progress in the Lord. And if somebody comes in your life, doesn't matter if it's for a short season or a long season. If the if you fo if they have an issue and you focus on their issue, opposed to loving them through it, then you prolong their prison sentence. You saw when she was walking down the hallway, me looking at her issue and telling her what's wrong with her. All I did was stand in front of her and prolong her deliverance. Because I'm trying to I'm trying to get out what I feel, not what the spirit is telling me. I'm trying to get out what I feel to this person on what they did to me or how I don't like what they're doing. And all of that. If I'm focusing, if all I can do is focus on their issue and I'm not doing anything but holding up their progress. And we don't even realize we do that to each other because it becomes so normal. We've been in bondage so long that bondage is comfortable and freedom is uncomfortable. So even when we get free sometime, we don't even realize, man, God freed me up. We're so ready to run back to the old character because it's so it's so common to us that we'd rather just feel bondage than feel freedom. You know, so this season, we really got to focus on getting out of each other way. Ask God to change us. You know, if you got an issue with somebody, then 
the real issue is not them, it's us. Because our, the way we love people is how we love God. And how do you know how you love God? How you love another person. So if your issue is that bad with another person, then you have a love issue with God. And you have to up, you have to up your time with them. Worship, prayer, you know, reading the word. You really have to up your time. Because if your issue is that strong with another, then more than likely that's secretly how you feel towards God. And you may not even know it like that. But go down to, um, this is the last one I'll put up, uh, verse 17. And could you put in the Amplified version? All right. But on Mount Zion, see, this is what's on the other side of the doorway of change that we seem to be blocking when we're standing in somebody's way. But on Mount Zion in Jerusalem, there shall be deliverance for those who escape. What are you escaping? Bondage. Going through that doorway. That's escaping bondage. When you finally get that breakthrough and you feel that freedom. But if somebody's standing in the way, then they're blocking your deliverance. There shall be deliverance for those who escape and it shall be holy. That part of your soul is now holy and it's whole unto God. And the house of Jacob shall possess its own former possessions. That means the things you lost, the things you were asking God for. If you think about it, when God created the heavens and earth, he already created that stuff for you. It said he rested. He ended his work and he rested from his work. And he just sat back and enjoyed the work of his hands. That's why he rested on the seventh day. He didn't have to do anything. Everything he already made for us was already done. So everything he already created for you, you already own it. You just have to possess it. You know, but a lot of times we lose stuff in life and we think it's gone. Really, it's just in God's hands multiplying until he releases it, releases it to, a, to us at a later time. So after deliverance, then you possess what it is you want to possess. That's when the promise comes, because God can't give us anything that we want until we have his character. He won't bless us. Well, put it like this. He doesn't want to bless our character. He wants to bless his character. So as you form in Christ and you get more of his character, the things that you want are attracted to his character, not yours. You know, I used to wonder why, like, OK, Lord, why isn't this moving faster for me in some things? Well, there's a lot of things God wanted to bring bring to me, but he couldn't bring it to me. He wanted to bring it to him. And until I was displaying him, I couldn't receive it. You know, and part of that was not being a Peter in the flesh and not being a Judas. You know, that's really how you know you're on the right track. If a Peter show up, somebody who got a revelation of who you were, but then turn around and they want to steer you off course. No, nah, you shouldn't go to that ministry. No, nah, you shouldn't do this. All it is. And God already told you to do this, you know, or a Judas, somebody closest to you. Seem like they for you the whole time, yet their heart was never for you. You know, we run into those all through life, but most people want to avoid them. Well, how do you know you're getting promoted unless you got a Judas around you? You know, most people want to cut them people out of their life. Well, I thank God for every Judas that's ever been around me. I thank God for times that I was a Judas because I was the cause of somebody else's promotion. You know? If you change your mindset on how God uses us and how he uses everything to work it out for our good, then you'll, for one, you'll stop walking in condemnation. And for two, you'll start recognizing and discerning when God is about to promote you 
and you will stop aborting the process right when you get at the door. You know, when it gets heavy and it gets hard, it's not for you to turn around. It's for you to keep walking forward and keep trusting God. You know, and that's really what he had on my heart about the doorway of change. That deliverance is on the other side. And that when a Judas shows up or Peter shows up, hey, Spring, then you must be on the right track. Because if opposition is not hitting some area of your life, trying to oppose what it is God's doing, then there is some area you must be going wrong because the enemy is going to try. He's going to try and fight what God is doing. So most of the time we look at it like, man, that must be something wrong. No, that's something right. That must be something you're doing right if you're facing opposition. You know, so I really want y'all to think about and identify in this season. What people do I have to either move from or what people do I have to move to? Because there's some people we've been avoiding for a long time that God has been trying to get us close to because of something we don't like about them. There we go, standing in the doorway again. Yep, this person right here just jacked up. And they're trying to get delivered. If we, if we really look at it like this, some people may not have even gotten a deliverance because we've never moved out of their way. You know, I've been that way before. You know, so. But what people do you need to move away from or move to? What places do you need to stop going? What places do you need to start going? It's always going to be it's always going to be an exchange. God is going to take something that wasn't his and he's going to give you something that was his. You know, so what people. What places and what things do you need to let go of? You know, those, those things could be mindsets. Those things could be material things. Those things could be anything, you know, no pun intended, anything. Um, what things is God trying to get from you so he can get something else to you? Most of the time we focus on the natural thing. You know, Lord, I need this, I need this, I need this. And the whole time is he saying, no, you need me, you need me, you need me. You know, we never get it until we get him. It says, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness. I mean, his right standing. And all those things will be added to you. Well, if you want things, you get it by getting God. Because everything you need will be attracted to him. And that's not just provision. That's an overflow. How do you know it's really the blessing of the Lord? When it's more than enough to take care of you and take care of somebody else in need. You know, so that's what we need to start renewing our mind on. Okay, if it's real tight right now, that tight place. Okay, God, I'm on the right track. Just show me what it is you need to shed off of me because that's when you should get excited. Okay, I'm close to salvation. I'm close to something being made whole in my life, whether that's finances, whether that's um, relationships, whether that's family, whether that's your soul, whatever it is, God is trying to make something whole all the time. He's never just sitting back, just letting us go through life. Just have dead one foot in a grave or we're supposed to be dead, but one foot in, one foot out. You know, he's always trying to advance something in our life. Most of the time, he's just waiting on us to make the decision to first spend time with him because you can't discern anything unless you're spending time with God. You know, so we have to discern and we have to ask God, 
What direction are you taking me? What are you trying to move from me? How can I spend more time with you? Making that sacrifice is hard because we get in a habit of being so busy. This world has taught us to be so busy and everything is at our fingertips. It's like a microwave. Everything is, everything is there. Everything is accessible. You got phones that can almost do anything. You got watches that do the same thing. I was looking at an Apple Watch, and it's just like a phone. You can do everything on your phone that you can do on that watch. I'm like, man, this is, this is just, it's nice now. Don't get me wrong. I won't turn one down. But, they, I mean, this, this, technology is speeding things up world-wise, and people are getting less and less time in with God because when you wake up, you got all of this stuff on your mind, whether it's work, whether it's ministry, whether it's this, this, that, and the other, and the first thing that be, should be on your mind when you wake up is God. You know, Lord, I thank you for waking me up. You know, spending a little bit of time with him. You know, you may not be able to spend hours and hours, but he'll honor if you spend 15 minutes with him in the morning when you wake up, as long as it's first. God hates to be second. He hates to be second. Now, if... If me and my wife, you know, we've been married for quite some time now. If every time we go to spend time together, I put her second to everything. You know, she want to have a date night with me. Okay, all right, I'm a, we're going to have a date night, but I'm going to go out on a date with somebody else first. Then I'll go out on a date with you. I mean, how, how in the world do you think that relationship would work? It wouldn't. Ain't nobody trying to hear that. You know, don't nobody want to be second. Well, God doesn't want to be second either. He doesn't want any more idols taking up his time. If you just give him his little bit of time in the morning, then you got the whole rest of the day. But at least give him the first part of your day. Get your instructions for the day. If you want to keep your day protected, says the Lord, order your, he orders our steps. Well, if you get your steps in the morning, then you know which way to go. That can keep us from a whole lot of stuff we'd be stepping into that's not of God. Give him that little bit of time in the morning. It can be one song you sing to him. It can be one scripture you read. It doesn't, you don't have to make it, you don't have to make it seem like you're running a marathon. Just give him something. If you give him something to work with, the word says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Then you can resist the devil and he will flee. Well, give him something to work with. You know, give him one step of faith. And that one step of faith is not a comfortable step. It's not. One step of faith is not a happy, joyous step. You're supposed to keep your joy, but at first, when you first learn how to step in faith, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel good. Because that step of faith is a step right into uncomfortability. You stepping right into right right from a comfort zone into an uncomfort zone. That's what a step of faith is. But take that step, spend that time, make the sacrifice. You know, we want to see more of God, but he wants to see more of us. So that's why that's what really been on my heart to focus on. Is moving out the stuff that's not God, moving in what is of him. If if I got a red car that's junky and beat up, you know, yeah, to get me from A to B. But if God is trying to give me a new car, there's no room in my driveway if the old one is still there. 
So I got to move one out so he can get one in. But most people won't let it go because they like, man, I ain't moving that car until I see the other one show up. Well, that ain't, that ain't how God works. He want to do an exchange. You know what I'm saying? You give me what's not of me, and I'll give you what is of me. So that's it. Do anybody have any questions on anything? You don't got no question there? No. But that's what I want y'all to focus on, spending time with the Lord. Um, that's the most important thing. If he created us to worship him, that's what we should be doing. He created us to be, he created us to have a family. You know, he wants a family. That's what we should strive to do. Be with him. You know, that's your daddy. And treat him like your daddy. Most people just look at him as God, you know. Oh, powerful. They don't, they, I can't get anywhere close to him. Well, if he created you for him, if you want to be a son, you know, you don't run from your dad like that. Well, most people. But you really have to change your mindset on how you view God, how you view Jesus, how you view the Holy Spirit. And think about it as a relationship. How do you get to know somebody in a relationship? You got to spend time with them. You know, you can't just bump into them every day and think you'll know their whole life story. You know, you got to spend time with them. Spend that time. Love on those kids, those you got. All right, nobody got any questions? You can close your eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We thank you for this season of death and removing the things that are not of you. We ask you, Lord, to continue to give us the wisdom and a revelation of the things we need to let go of, of the places we need to stop going, and of the people we need to move away from. So you can bring the right people, the place, places and the things to us that we need in our life. I thank you for divine connections, and I ask that you continue to heal us from the wounds of the past, I ask that you continue to show us the things that you are changing, and I ask that you continue to draw and pull on our hearts, Lord. For you're the only one that can draw us, Lord before we come to you. I love you so much, and I thank you for everyone in here. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank y'all. That's all. Y'all are dismissed. Huh? Which one? Oh, I can show you a playlist.